from worlds beyond to right at the gaming table. These are all my fantasy children. Welcome all to all my fancy children. My name is Aaron Catano Siles. And my name is Jeff Storm. And this is All My Fantasy Children. It's a tabletop-inspired, world-building, character creation, and storytelling podcast where each week we take a listener prompt and create the greatest story of all time, helping populate a fantasy universe we call fantasy. But, but not, not this today. Week. Not this no. week. No, normally that's what we do. Not on this day. On this day, we celebrate the birth of a hero. The, 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 the rise of an icon. The king of kings. Triple H? Wait, this is all about the game. I gotta call timeout because I don't know wrestling lore. Is Triple H referred to himself as the King of Kings? Like Christ himself? Yes, he does. (laughs) And actually, he has a theme song uh, done by Lemmy by Motorhead. Holy shit. (laughs) It starts out with like a guitar riff, and then Lemmy goes, Behold the King, (laughs) the King of Kings. And then starts playing. Okay, but yes, this this, this week we're going to talk about Hunter Hearst Helmsley. We're talking about the life and times of Hunter Hearst Helmsley. The the Connecticut Blue Blood. In a very different, in a very special All My Fantasy Children, we're going to celebrate our four-year anniversary by talking about Hunter Hearst Helmsley, also known as Triple H. Isn't he also Diamond Dallas Page? Is he the same person? No, that's a different wrestler. (laughs) Whole whole different person. Anyway, Jeff, what are we doing this week? This week is our anniversary spectacular. We're going to answer some listener questions, and we got to celebrate the birthday of our beloved Samuel Gord. How old is he this year? Four? He is four. 22? Under four? 22? He's he's, he's four in, uh, in, in our world years, but in fantasy, he's still just a mild, I think, 27? I thought he was 18. Is, that old? is he 18? I don't fucking remember. I thought we said he was 18 or... Tw- it doesn't matter. It's it doesn't this, matter. None Happy this birthday, Samuel Gordon. Happy Gordon. birthday. Uh, you didn't... Uh, I was just joking, Sam. We totally know how old you are. <laughs> just write it down on this card, and um, if you you, you got to play that game with Sam, where they're like, oh, how many candles should we put in the cake, Sam? One, or how many do we... How many should we buy? I... Tell us your age. Well, and they're, they're all, they're, they're, how many of them, now the question is how many of the candles, I think four of the candles are trick candles, that's that's where the four comes in, is each year we put another trick candle in, so he blows it, and then it doesn't it doesn't go out, and it lights back up, he's gotta blow it again, and then it lights up again, we all laugh. And then the awkward Uncle Aaron shows up and tries to figure out his age by asking him a series of questions, like, <laughs> oh man, how many punches do you get this year? Um, what's a, how, what's a movie mm. that you remember from when you were young? <laughs> when you were born? What's a movie you remember, Samuel, from the year you were born? Is, is it from 27 years ago? Or do you, is it more like 18? What? Samuel, when did you graduate high school? <laughs> Let me ask you a question. <laughs> do you remember notes. Mrs. Skelly? Do you remember Mrs. Skelly? Nah, you might be too young to remember. Noted, noted, noted. But anyway, we're going to answer some fabulous questions sent in by our fabulous junior wizards and chat about important shit like us and all my fancy children. And if you can't tell, we're feeling good today. Feeling jazzed up. I'm, I'm ready. I'm, I'm hype. I'm ready. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm here. 
Yeah. Let's do this just, thing. I'm about to finish my entire French press of uh, delicious coffee, so I'm feeling energized, jazzed, and high-spirited. All right. Let's, let's go ahead. Let's get into it. What's our first question, Aaron? Our first question comes to us from Green Thumb at Leviathan Files, friend Taylor of the show. Taylor the Taylor the Brush. Riverhouse Games. Amazing, Love. amazing designer, podcaster, hero to the people. Friend, friend of, fr- friend, family member of the show, future guest on that the show. True. That is true. Yeah. Family member of the show is a good way of putting uh, Taylor Debresh. If you want to be a family member of our show, retweet every episode we make for four years. Yeah. Um, that sounds right. <laughs> Taylor asks, what's the most energizing thing that's happened to you this month outside of RPGs? And what are you looking forward to this week? Right, so it is Friday, so that is hard, because there's only one day, or unless we're saying in the next week. Oh, yeah, it's within the next seven days. Um, hmm, let's see. What's got me excited outside of RPGs? I have something. Oh. I have something. Known tabletop historian and tabletop designer uh, expert, Jeff Stormer, has something outside of RPGs. I do. I do. You see, um, well, we wrapped Dragon Ball. We wrapped Dragon Ball Z. Fucking jeez. I know. Um, the truly, you really are the king of kings. <laughs> 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 Thank you. Just, I know uh, you know that one. I do. That's actually the first thing, is that we've been watching a lot of The Simpsons replays, <laughs> and God, I, I love every minute of it. Um, the other thing is, you know, we are in a golden age of television, Aaron. Like, there are is we? new, incredible television coming out every day. And so, of course, we started a two-season television show from 1990. <laughs> I've never been more delighted and disappointed. What, 1990? Like, on the dot? Like, on the dot. 90 Yo, and 91. Year, real talk, that year sucked shit in terms of fashion and stuff. Like, what 1990 was, I think, the dawn of the worst fashion choices ever. That's probably fair. I'm not seeing a lot of them on the show that we're watching. Because it's it, sort of very kind it's of... Voltron. No. <laughs> it's Voltron. It's Voltron. Um, so we've been watching Twin Peaks. <laughs> At all what I was expecting. I really was expecting some kind of horrible sitcom. That's why I was like, I'm so disappointed that you're like, we started Boy Meets World. I'd be like, why, Jeff? No. It was bad, man. We started <laughs> Twin Peaks. Okay. Because I want to watch all of Twin Peaks so that when we watch Who Shot Mr. Burns, I get all of the jokes. See, that is pretty fucking legit. I recently learned that that is a Twin Peaks reference. And all, the, all is it of really that episode. All of it? It's so oh. much of that episode. Like the entire scene with Lisa when Wiggum sits up and his hair is like spiked up on the side. The whole mystery of the whole mystery angle, the kind of everyone's a suspect and everybody's got weird motives like it's all riffing pretty directly on twin peaks i can't possibly solve this mystery can Can you you? (laughs) yeah i'll try it's my job (laughs) so my experience with twin peaks is (laughs) i had to take a theater writing class in grad school my teacher was obsessed with twin peaks and one day she's like god i love Catherine wallet so much thank you for helping me write my fucking thesis cat kate if you're out there thanks she sat us down and was like, I want all of you to watch my favorite piece of writing. And so we watched an episode of Twin Peaks, then we talked about it. And I remember being like, yo, Kate, I have no idea what the fuck I just saw, but that was pretty dope. <laughs> so I'm all about you watching. That's what's getting you jazzed up. Isn't it an yeah. RPG? Is, is Twin Peaks a tabletop RPG? Uh, there is a LARP <laughs> inspired by Twin Peaks. That's it's uh, something, is, something is strange here. Hold on. It might be something is wrong here. 
people are so smart. Like that's a really good setting for a LARP. Something is wrong here by Kira McGran is a is a uh, LARP inspired by David Lynch. And also there is uh, also more specifically, um, if we're talking Twin Peaks specifically, there's also Coffee Detective by friend of the show, oh, Alex Flanagan, yeah. which is like very specifically delib- like playing on Twin Peaks because age, especially Agent Dale Cooper is the original Coffee Detective. I love this very much. But Jeff. What are you looking forward to this week? Uh, this week, um, it is the end of the week. It is Friday. Um, I gotta say, honestly, like, I am super looking forward to it being Saturday. Okay. Where that is traditionally when, like, we get, we go out and we get, like, takeout for lunch. Oh, fun. And I'm excited about getting some delicious takeout. It's gonna be great. I, Do you I, know where you're I, gonna go yet? We go to the local Greasy Spoon place a lot. We go to Lee's Deli. They have uh, some great cheesesteaks and great sandwiches. We go there a lot. Um, there's also uh, a banh mi place around the corner that is fantastic. They do a char-grilled pork banh mi that, like, Yo. just is out. It's just one. And it's real good. Yeah. Um, and then there's Philly also has the some taco bomb place. Vietnamese food. Oh, it does. I'm I'm so excited. We've got some good options. We've got some good options near us, within walking distance, that we can take back to our place. I'm excited. That's what I'm, I'm excited about. I love that very much. These are these are good. Um, but the most energizing thing that happened to me this month outside of RPGs was um, Hamilton came out the fucking the 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 movie version, mm-hmm. and that that gave me some energy because I have stepped back from musical theater. Uh. And it was like a nice revisit to like, hey, remember this thing you like? And I was like, oh, yeah, I do. And Hamilton, I have to say, it is my favorite musical ever. It's my favorite score. Uh, I love it. It's, I think it's one of the best things ever made. Um, and seeing it, I've watched it on a bootleg because I, I wasn't paying 400 fucking bucks. Um, I had watched a bootleg previously and fucking loved it. But seeing it like this, where you're like all up in their business, 10 out of 10, I loved it. It made me feel powerful. And it got me excited about writing again. Um, because there's so many, like, Lin-Manuel Miranda, like, is also a lover of Sondheim, and so there's a lot of shout-outs to Stephen Sondheim things, and so it reminded me of, like, why I like musicals, and why I like telling stories and stuff, and so I've been, like, it's made me sit down at the computer and, um, write again. I've been writing a lot of the fantasy bullshit again. I like that. I like that. Yeah. That's, that's good. What, what's got you, what's got, what are you looking forward to this week? Oh, goodness. This week... Hmm, I think I am going to go to the Pine Barrens and go fishing. Ooh. I know. I'm going to go out there, cast out, and maybe catch myself. There's this, uh, the only fish I've ever caught and eaten, BT dubs, it, out of the Pine Barrens is called Pickerill, which sounds a lot like Pickle Lilies, which is both a town in fantasy and a restaurant, IRL. So, yeah, I caught a Pickerill, and it's really slimy, and like <laughs> it has like a mouthful of razor-sharp teeth, but it was delicious. And I'd like to catch it again to see if I'm actually good at fishing and that that wasn't a fluke. I enjoy fishing more than anything. Shout out to Taylor Brush. But yeah, like I've, I've really loved getting into the hobby of fishing and the hobby of like cooking. So combining those two together with hiking is a magical experience for me. And I'm very excited to probably go out there and, and cast my line out in the water, man. I hope that you're able to catch General Sherman. Is General Sherman out in, uh, uh, out in the Pine Barrens? Um, it's the fish that, that Homer tries to catch in the marriage counseling. Holy, that episode is so old, Jeff, that like it literally flew over my head. 
There's that is there's a side note. I mean, I guess this whole episode is side notes, but like in watching a lot of like old Golden Age Simpsons or even like pre Golden Age Simpsons when they're like still figuring it out. There are so many episodes that I just go like, I don't remember this. Or if I do, I'm like, this is like, I, 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 I don't remember much of this. Yeah. Like that, that episode in particular, there's one joke that I remember from it. And it's only because it took me 20 years to figure it out. Oh my, what is it? The, the, when they, when they first get to marriage counseling, like this joke, I real I realized what this joke was in college and it became one of my favorite things. And I remembered nothing else about the episode. <laughs> when they first get to the marriage counseling and they're like, we have three couples. We have the Flanderses and Flanders is there because he drank. Flanders is there because he had some silly reason. Uh, Homer's there because he's a bad husband. And then there's a third couple and they're like this bickering, like they're this bickering couple. And then it's like, look in your look in their eyes. And then they immediately fall in love and run off. I watched that episode when I was a kid, like probably not older than five, because it's it came out in nineteen ninety or eighty nine or ninety. It's one of the Jesus first three seasons. Christ! And I saw that when I was maybe five in college. When I was in my late teens, early twenties, I read "Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf." Ah, uh, yes, yes, and yes, did, yes. And like, it, I read this and went, "Why? Why do these characters sound so familiar?" And then, and then it was like, "Oh, because the couple from The Simpsons." But they don't like go like, "Oh, that's for the." They don't go like, "Oh, that's the Wolf family." They just like they just have them be there. And then I go twenty years later, I'm like, "Oh, that was a reference to." Oh, yeah. The show is really like reference heavy, but to like plays and movies of the mm-hmm. '80s and '90s. And as a child growing up in the 90s, I was like, I have no idea what any of this shit means, but I'm going to pretend to laugh. And then then 20 years later, you go, oh, fuck, that's what that's referencing. <laughs> it's all coming together now. All right. Let's get right. into some more questions. I should probably so, pull up the questions. Doc, document. I sent it to you. I sent it to you. I know. I didn't I didn't open it, though. It's all good. I have one for you. All I right. Start. Um, I had it. Oh, there it is. Uh, Starfetcher wants to know, what's your favorite name in fantasy? Character, place, object, mysterious something? Take your pick. Hmm. That's a good one. It's a real good one. We can do character and object, if we can remember it, because the show has like a billion... So my favorite name is uh, D'Artagnan Skysail. That's a good one. That's a real good one. That one is an all Jeff Stormer, I believe. Uh, D'Artagnia Skysail is very good because she was a pirate, I believe. And it was just such a fuck. It like, you just see them. And I've always loved that name. I like uh, names that are evocative of like wind and stuff. And so like, it's, it sounds like you sat down and wrote the name of someone. Like some of them are funny throwaway names that are like hilarious and they catch on. But hilarious, like D'Artagnan Skysail is such just a solid fantasy. Like it just oozes with that good, good fantasy feeling that you so want. I know exactly what you mean. What What do you have? Um, here's the thing: we have a lot of really good evocative names, like you said. Like there are a lot of really beautiful, like poetic names. There's also Tom the Tongue Thompson. So, <laughs> Jeff Tom the Tongue Thompson. <laughs> it's a good name. It's so fucking funny especially for what the episode was which is no question one of the dumbest things we have ever done it's, it's an episode about fucking fantasy bitcoin <laughs> and a frog bitcoin person hackers hackers and tom the tom the tom thompson fantasy reddit yep that's right scare people 
This is a real show. This is a show on a very respectable podcast <laughs> network is, about tabletop games. Why did they let us in? This show for four years. I didn't the best we come we up found this. four years of material. Tom. The, the tongue, tongue Thompson. Thompson is so. Let me read the episode description. What did I write? It's so fucking short. Meet Tom, a frog beast person with a love of digital currency and fantasy Reddit. Crypto is life, junior wizard. Crypto is death. Crypto's life. <laughs> Crypto is life, bro. Crypto is life. <laughs> like, I hope so, listeners. I hope sometimes when you think about like your favorite episode or something, whatever it may be. Please read the episode description and know that I'm usually in a mad panic and like typing something up. I'm like, this will do. No one reads this. Because <laughs> I, know that, I know you don't. <laughs> and know that know that all of them are sent to me at like 1245 in the <laughs> afternoon. I am either in a meeting or like deep at work and I get a like, ping. And I'm like. Aaron, that's fucking br- that's I love that. Like, <laughs> they literally like it will literally be like I will have just logged off of a meeting, and be like, oh, I got an IM. All right, Aaron, you've made my entire day better. Like, <laughs> so like, let me read. Oh, this was the one. Oh, D'Artagnan Sky Sale. Welcome, Junior Wizards. This week, with the help of a prompt from Aaron's actual mother, meet D'Artagnan Sky Sale, oh, the bard pirate right. who calmed the seas and dared to challenge a legend because D'Artagnan killed Goldbeard, and my mom made the prompt. I remember being like, can you give me a prompt? She's like, oh my goodness. So, oh man. But yeah, Good read episode. the episode descriptions. There's, there's, there's a lot of love in there and a lot of stupid sh- shit. A lot of, lot of, lot of love. A lot of love goes into them. Uh, do you have uh, a favorite uh, weapon or anything? I, I or mean, object I, or location? What's your favorite name of like a location? I really love Emerald Ivy. Like oh, Emerald Ivy man. is like a good like. It, it feels, I mean, and partially because we grew up in a town called Mount Holly, but like yep. Emerald Ivy just has that like small town feel that like yes. is very special to me. Yes, completely. I, yes, 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 yes. Um, uh, Mine probably is, oh, so I always like, I'm a sucker for Final Fantasy. And when we named uh the place that Sarath the Carrion King destroyed the land of ruin, I nearly, I'm not going to say nut. but i did like that is the most perfect for me like that i love lands of mystery and like shadow and like i have to say every fantasy world which is like 90 percent of them have a place that's like and this continent is rarely traveled and what's there is a mystery but it's bad and scary and dangerous i'm always like oh my god that's the end game content that's where like link can't go at the beginning Fuck me. And that's the place that I always like pull all my cool, crazy ideas from. <laughs> all right. What's our next? Let me see. Let me find a good question. Okay. Here, uh, I got, two. I have two. I'm Aaron. Okay. I'm going to cheat and have two. Okay. Our first question comes to us from uh, Tonamel. Tonamel asks, whose story do you most want to continue? Oh, boy. Let me look at an episode list. Yeah, um, I'm going to do the same. I'd like to continue. My my cheap answer is Celeste Silverna because I want to keep writing that shit. Oh, but sure. it goes without saying. For me though, like a character that I'm like, oh, that is not done. That is not done. And someone who like were who is slept on a little bit. Hmm. Cause some of them are finished. You know, we've mentioned that in the past that like some of these are just one offs. That's kind of the other that's that's my next question. So like we'll we'll get there. 
Someone I really want to get. Oh, someone I'd like to make reappear and like find out. And I don't know because that story was really complete too. I was gonna say Alundra Foxfire, the Mist of the mm. Mirage, but I'm like, it's like a good merchant character. But that's a character I don't know. I'd like to see again. I, I have an answer. Okay, more so, um, more so in a like I think there's more to this character's world that like we never quite like got into. Yes, I think there's so much more to do with like. I, I, and this is almost more of like saying I want more of a genre of story than a particular character, but Penny Mudbug, like, more like Fuck. sports stories. Fuck yes. Like, I love a good sports story. They're fun and they're stupid. I've been watching a lot of 30 for 30 documentaries and like, yes. I just love a good, I love a good document i love a good like sports documentary story and i feel like we've created this little sports space in fantasy that like i'm very excited to like keep exploring because i think they're just fun things to hear i agree with you completely i agree completely um i really think that like our our sports thing can be elaborated on i really want to like dig into what sport culture is like in fantasy because like unfortunately it's usually associated with like toxicity and like mm -hmm. you know aggression in our world but like what if it wasn't is something that i'd like to go down where it was like a fun thing that people like i always like to think of it um final fantasy 10 describes their sport blitzball as like when people are like at their saddest you know they can always rely on the sport blitzball to lift them up you know it's like it's what people yeah. have to make them feel good i like it in the way of like it's an escape entertainment like you can watch the game and forget about all your problems because you're cheering for your team i always want to lean into that when we do this so i fuck with sports stories i down with that i can get down with that mine the the wizards that came from the shatterpoint fjords the mm. softball team um i want to learn more because we said it's like they're the wizards from like the most powerful corners of the globe and i'm like oh because so for me kind of the answer is like locales I'd like to explore more that we've that we've kind of thrown out there. Yeah. Like that we've just chucked into the ether. Like, oh, the Shadowpoint Fjords, they're the most powerful wizards in the world. Wait, what? And moving on, softball. Like, I want to go back and take the microscope out and, like, you know, put a magnifying glass on those. But also, um, hmm. My other answer is Herodress. I feel like we, I feel like we threw out there that there was some sort of, some sort of, like, godlike being, and then we just left that. And, like... I like that, but at the same time, I'm like, but what? What? But what is that? Yes, we What's established going on there. Yeah, we set up like we threw out in a mad panic that like there was a city before Arthur got to Iron Hill there, and I was like, oh fuck, that's a lot of explanation. But it's also very exciting that it, it gave. There's moments when we do the show, and I know you agree when we throw out an idea that we're like. That just made the world a little deeper. And we're like, oh, I'm gonna, you're like, I don't, and it's, and, and we, we do it a lot. And I think we've gotten better about like vocalizing it on mic where we're like, I have nothing for this right now. And anything I throw out is going to make this lesser. Yes. Completely. So let's just leave it. Yeah. Let's there's just a lot. Leave it. We're like, we set it to the, that's, I think how we started like nightmare space or something. You were like, I don't want to know that much about it. I don't, I just want to say that it exists. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, fuck, Jeff just undid the thing. And I, I really like that not every episode we're like, okay, and now, like, we don't go back to previous concepts mid-episodes about something else. Yeah. Like, Chris Crownleaf, I remember us being like, yeah, and Chris Crownleaf is the reason why Archibald Gord knows how to plant, you know, grow giant crops. Moving on, 
Like we didn't go back and like break down the Gord lineage. Like no, you don't. We don't fuck that. It doesn't matter. It, 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 it was what was important to that story. Yes, exactly. Um, did we answer that? Yes, yes. Which brings <laughs> me to our. Which brings me to the next question I want to throw out. It's the other kind of half of that. Okay. Which is also from uh, Green Thumb at Leviathan Files, family member of the show, Tale of the Bresh. <laughs> um, now that you have a sizable stable or a size. Now that you have a sizable volume of existing characters, do you have anything that you do to avoid characters slipping through the cracks? Or are you okay with a few few here or there being forgotten? Um, forgotten, no. I, I don't, like, the idea that, like, just because they don't, they're not headless fucking seven and somehow, like, in every piece of lore because I love him, like, it, it doesn't mean that they're forgotten. It just means that, like, they're, they're, there's a phrase from grad school that I really liked from my mentor, Vivian Mashkowski, and she said that when you give people criticism or feedback, like, when you open it to the class, don't want to say, I liked this, I didn't like that. You say, this part was complete and this part was incomplete. Um, so you was like, you know, how you use your voice to really tell that story, blah, 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 how the character you built with, with your oral posture, that was really complete, but the acting choices were incomplete. I think there's a lot of characters in our show that are complete that I don't want, I don't need to know anything else about them. And to add more would be to kind of like, it would kind of ruin it. It it would feel like a sequel. It would feel like a, like, it would feel like a sequel, like, it would feel like, like the worst, the worst feeling of a sequel. Yeah, and I, I don't want that feel. Like, I'm looking at the list right now, and the first person that comes to mind is 109, Sor Velfast, the Baseless Crest. Sor Velfast was this, like, lich character who comes back to life, finds their hometown, and eventually, like, ends up in that town with Jean-Pierre. Great. That's it. And I'm like, I don't need another, like, Sor Velfast returns, and, like, they fight a dragon. I'm like, why are we doing that? Why would Duchess, we do this? Duchess Crest and a Plum Tree ah! is a story that, like, I love. Yeah, it is a story that I think is one of our I mean, we're going to talk uh, we'll talk about it later for a lot of different reasons. But like, that is a story that I love. I think it is one of the better stories that we've told, quite frankly. Yeah, it's also done. Like, we created yes. this thing like, like that character might show up in other contexts. But like, that story is largely done. Yes. And then the other part of it is like, I know I mentioned him already. <laughs> yeah. But like we're never probably gonna see Tom Tom Tom, Tom the Tongue Thompson again. <laughs> no. Like I'm just like, saying, like that so. that story's told. Yeah, like y'all know, like there's episodes that are like epic, and there's some that are for fun. The show matches kind of what we're feeling that day, and if yeah. we're feeling silly, like except for Wizard, like Hank Grimtooth, the mentor of Wizard, <laughs> is never gonna come fucking back. <laughs> that, like, it, like he might, but he like, may, but like I, know, I don't I need know, him but, to. Like, yeah. He's Jaff- also a horse. If he, I don't know if you remember that, it's a horse person. This I is very funny to me. Jaff Thundercloud? That's probably not coming back. <laughs> See, I, I think about Jaff Thundercloud a lot because it's the first time we introduced healing magic. But really? like I don't yes. We decided uh-huh. that they're a healer and like how that might work. But I don't want to talk about Jaff Thundercloud because that story's done. They're a wrestling healer. Yeah, like, we, remember we, you they they're a pivotal in the history of wrestling. So if that comes up. Jaff Thundercloud has to be in there. However, I'm not going to be like, and then Jaff Thundercloud's family. Like, no. I like what we did with Patches Malone. That story is done. Yeah. But, like, there's some that I'm okay with being saying they're complete and they're magical in their own little one-off way. And that some are incomplete. Like, I know you, uh, I know you feel that, like, Perry Bastion in the Root Hollow is incomplete. Because it is. 
and it's we, but and, you know and I know that was one that peeling back the curtain, folks. This is <laughs> not the first time that we recorded this episode because my no. microphone decided not to work for some reason. It's okay. But um, it, it, this happens. Technology is a technology is a, is a fickle is a, a, is a bronco that you got to tame, and sometimes the horse just runs off. It is a uh, it is a giant pig that you feed that you feed and you, you care for and you love and oh man I don't remember my pig's name and I feel very sad about that. Was you it talking Mr. about Mr. Honkers? Honkers? Come <laughs> I on, I did remember. You said Mr. Honkers ran away and like Mr. Honkers has his own show. Like Mr. <laughs> Honkers started his own podcast network. We we don't need to we, visit the spiral the spiral yeah. ham anymore at the dark magical smoke shack. And and well, and we were talking about this, and I know why we were talking about this because peeling back the curtain, this isn't the first time that we recorded this episode, but we talked about it last time, and we, I we had said Perry Bastion is a good example of like there are some stories that like we might not come back to for a while because like it really is like it needs a different style of story. Like I I, I feel very strongly that Perry Bastion is an incomplete story that like might never get resolved because I feel like it would need to be a really specific experience that like, I don't know what that is yet. Cause like, I think you and I sitting here, sitting down together and going like, all right, cool. And then this happens. And then that cool is not going to be satisfying to me. And so like, I I want, I want fundamentally this show is pure self-indulgence because I want things that are satisfying to me and to Aaron. Yes. Like, could you imagine if we sat down and we're like, all we do is give you what we think you want. Like, ew, that sucks. No, I, I, and I, what I want from Perry Bastion is like a story that like satisfies me as a person that plays games. Like, I want to play a cool game with that. You and I, want to crawl in a dungeon. You want to crawl through the dungeon of the Root Hollow Bastion. Yeah. Why is that name in my head? Is that the name of the episode? I think it might be. Oh my god! So. That God, I'm in a dark encyclopedia. The Root Hollow. It's called the, the Root, Root Hollow. Hollow. Perry Baskin <sighs> Root Hollow. Boy. Thank yeah, God. So, <laughs> uh, th- the short answer to your question, Taylor, family member of the show, is yes. There are some characters that are going to fall through the cracks. More so, not so much because we're like we're never we're, we've forgotten them, but more so because like we're done. We're done with those that character. Yeah. Like they exist. Their story was told, and, like, we don't necessarily need to revisit them. Like, something I do want to explore in the future, because I enjoy punishing myself, is, like, having additional literature that explains where certain people have gone that we'll never touch on again. But, like, in case you were curious about Tom the Tongue Thompson, this is where they're at. The end. But not, like, full episodes. God, no. Um, hmm. Oh, uh, on this note, Jeff, uh, um... Cheerio Buffet, friend and family member of the show, uh, Lilith, asks, what standard D&D tropes do you want to reinvent? Which I will say, prefacing this, uh, we really don't want to use D&D for anything. Yeah. Um, um, we have I've, to kind of talk about this. We do. And it's an we easy do. one, because we don't fucking play the game, but we use the background tables, because I look around a lot, and there's fucking, nobody makes them for anything else. Or am I just lazy? No, I'm sure there there are resources out there, and like I'm just I'm making I am making it a personal mission to like find some because like long term, I mean honestly short term, but like long term, like I am pretty much done with Dungeons and Dragons. Oh God, we've never been on, we've never really fucked with them except for like you and I, like 
to peel back the curtain, you and I, when we get to tables, panic. And we're like, oh my God, just scrambling, looking for resources on air. So it's Mm -hmm. not like we have things locked and loaded. And the quickest thing is usually a PDF of the fucking player's handbook. But like moving forward, I think that we can be better about being like, let's literally, well, one, not referencing D&D as much as we do, like... We actively have been trying to <clears throat> remake concepts that are in Dungeons and Dragons, but by doing that, it also does call Dungeons and Dragons the default for tabletop it fantasy, does. It dun- does. like dungeon crawlers, which we can be, we will be better about. It's I just, think absolutely. But we also need to start stop using the tables and using it as like some kind of like metric, which yeah. is an easy change. We just got to oh, find yeah, fucking sure. tables. Instead of like scrambling and out, like when as soon as the timer says forty five, we're just like, should we roll on tables? Uh, 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 uh. Like but you know, I, we just you know. And I also think, like, I mean, I'm gonna say a controversial statement. Oh shit, Jeff Stormer has a controversial statement. All right, everyone. Now a lot of people have been adding me, asking me to respond, and I put the microphone on Jeff. <laughs> I feel like for a while now. Oh, shit. He's going to say it. <laughs> He's going to fucking do it. He's going to fucking do it. I feel Can't like we've been moving it. to a place where, like, there are more and more episodes where... Oh, shit. If I'm being honest, like... You'll be honest. We have, be rolled, honest. On, we have rolled on tables, and I've gone like, yeah, okay, we'll roll on some tables. But I don't... I feel like... And and this is this is this is this is what Jeff does when he has to like enunciate a difficult point is like I'll preface it by 80 million things. I think like there are episodes where I think we've rolled on tables and like I don't really feel like I feel like it was fun but I don't feel like we learned anything like no Com- illuminating. Yes. You know yes. what I mean? I, I do. I, I fucking edit them. Do you know how many times I have to edit out these fucking results, Jeff? How many times I'm like, God, I wish there was like more resources for background tables for us to fucking roll on because like these are 80% of the time fucking harmful, shitty, like uh, offensive and crappy. And then I'm like, well, that, you know, like, and we I have to say- twist and turn them to make them not. And that and the other the other part of it is I feel like a lot of times like I feel like a lot of times we'll have we'll reach a moment where we'll roll on a table and like it will read the result and we'll go, oh, yeah, totally. That lines up with what we already said. Cool. Next. Yes. Re- and like, yes. And like, honestly, there are times where I feel like I, I feel like I have felt the pressure to like roll. I've rolled on a result about this character that we've laid out their story. I'll read a result and go, totally, totally, that kind of maps out to what we were saying. And then I feel this pressure to be like, and really, it's because of X, Y, and Z. And I feel like there are times where, like, I'm spinning my wheels. Yes. Because I feel like I've already said, I said this table result 20 minutes ago. Yes. And it starts, it's starting to give me this feeling, like, if I'm being completely honest, I've been editing this fucking thing, and I'm like... Uh, these tables suck. Like, we didn't learn it. Like, there's rarely any more of these moments where we're like, oh, my God, because you and I are better at this now. That's kind we, of how we I'm s- feeling. Like, we started doing it because we couldn't fucking think of anything. You know what I mean? And, like, the tables were helpful in giving us new twists and turns. But now I think you and I are good enough storytellers slash writers to be like, oh, I know where there can be a conflict here. And randomly generated results are fucking fun, hilarious, and really cool. But not if the results are going to be like, ew. Or like, oh, we already said that. That's kind of how, so like, honestly, I don't know if it's going to be every episode. 
But I honestly feel like there's going to be points where it's going to be like, do we want to roll on anything? And I'm going to probably say no, because I feel like because I think like you're exactly right. We're really fucking good at this. And I feel like there are times where rolling on tables comes across like we're taking the easy road. Completely. And I like that we're just like reiterating what we already said. It's true. And it's not my favorite thing in the world. It's just been like I, I kind of hold on to this hope that like it will be fun again. But, like, it keeps letting me down in the way where we say it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's so on point with what we just, fuck. Oh, no, we're recapping. We're recapping. So then, honestly, the answer might be that, like, if we find cool character creation resources, we use them. But, like, yeah. the answer might just be that, like, we don't roll any dice or, we, or the only dice we roll in an episode are, like, if we really come to a point where we're, like, we need to, like, decide something. Yeah, like, I want to use Madeline Hale's Table Fables more, but, like, I just don't have the books with me right now, so I haven't been using them. But, like, I want to write our own, like, potentially, and mm-hmm. have, like, I encourage people to fucking write books of tables so I can buy them and use them for this show. Like, if you do that, fuck, I'm not putting you to work, but, like, they're a valuable resource for us. Um, I would love that because I don't like going to D&D, which I don't fucking play. I don't like... And is proven to be shitty. So, so I'm let's, like, eh, let's, I don't let's wanna... say on Mike that we're moving away from it. And honestly, there might be episodes where we don't roll on any tables. This is the thing. We've moved away from it from like fucking year one. Yeah. It was just this one thing that we have. I mean, we use these homebrew things from D&D Wiki. It's just, mm-hmm. I know, we, we need to be actively better about using D&D as some metric for tabletop when we're mm-hmm. not even a fucking, we're a tabletop inspired show. Yeah, I agree so, completely. Reinvent, like... The question, what standard D&D tropes do you want to reinvent? All D- of them. D- D- D&D. The answer yeah, is D&D. D&D. <laughs> I just make a circle with my hands and a gesture that's really wide. Um, Umdra asks, what are your favorite colors? Oh, I love a good... I love greens. Green? All of them? I love a, a whole lot of them. Like a mint green, like a light kind of sea green, a deep kind of Kelly green. Uh, I also love... Uh, I love bright pink. A good specifically one. like um, salmon or like electric pink like a neon pink yeah i love it i love it paired with white i love it paired with black like that, that like real fucking like contrast to like bam like l woods like you like yeah. l woods aesthetic <laughs> i by, did i did i talk do we talk about that i watched pretty and pink what's pretty and pink the movie pretty pink not pretty and pink legally, legally blonde. blonde yeah oh we did God. like three episodes okay. ago i was like good so pretty and pink i have watched pretty and pink also but not not relevant to the story i have not watched the uh recording of the musical yet but that's yeah. on our list good but yeah like uh like a hot pink electric pink what about you aaron uh, royal purple, like um, a deep, deep, deep purple is my jam. Um, purple and black, my favorite colors by Light Years. Love it. Absolutely love it. Let's go for a couple more light ones because we got <laughs> real heavy and I want to kind of just relax. <laughs> Dog with glasses asks, how many moons does fantasy have? That is an interesting question. I think about it all the fucking time. I know there's one because uh, the Nocturne happened. So there's definitely one, but I don't count out that there are multiples. Or there could be because we have never talked about definitively astral bodies, which I think is a lot of fun. Like we never talked about how many suns there are. We yeah. never talked about moons. We never talked about comets and asteroids and stuff like that. Like astral bodies are cool and weird in fantasy because like we establish stars like constellations populate the night sky we've never said that there are stars though which is interesting to me yeah so like what do you think how many moons are there i'm gonna say i love a good uh i'm gonna say three moons Ooh, what makes them different they just rotate i think they are 
Oh gosh. Do they orbit? Oh, they all or definitely, is it different? They orb. They definitely orbit. Uh, they definitely line up in a perfect line once every thousand years. Cause I fucking love that shit. Oh yeah, when like oh, and then when it does, my power will be complete. <laughs> that shit's kind of my stuff. jam. Um, I don't. I I'm gonna say I'm gonna go back like 20 minutes into this episode. Well, probably like 40 minutes because uh, I'm gonna go back in this episode and say like I don't know. Yeah, but we'll get there. I have a thought that I'd like to throw out there for how many moons? Okay. If there are three, at least one of them is sentient. Oh, God, yeah. Obviously, there's a sentient moon. I obviously. love a fucking Majora's Mask-ass moon that, like, is alive. It's a thing. And oh, I God. really, Let- I love how ominous and scary that is. Where, like, maybe that moon doesn't sit in the sky, but it orbits the planet. Uh-huh. Living, living planets are my favorite fucking thing. You mean Orson Welles is Unicron? <laughs> uh, Orson Welles is Unicron. Uh, there's a Green Lantern that's a planet. Is it really? Mogo. Mogo is a planet that is a Green Lantern. There's a whole what story the where... There's a there's a great story. It's called Mogo Doesn't Socialize, where uh, there's a Green Lantern, like, uh, oh, bookkeeper... Oh, it's real. It's a fucking planet. That's that a- is, like, looking through huh. a record book of, like, why is this Green Lantern missed every single meeting on our record books? And, like, they're... One of the guardians... One of the, like, guardians is, like, Oh, that's because that's Mogo. Mogo doesn't, like, come to meetings. Mm. And, like, tells this story of a mercenary that has gone to the planet Mogo to hunt down its Green Lantern because he's the toughest mercenary in the world. And eventually, like, he realizes that the planet has been, like, moving trees to, like, let him run around because it doesn't want to hurt plants. And eventually he realizes that the planet itself is the Green Lantern. And so they're like, yeah, Mogo doesn't come because its gravitational pull would, like, rip apart our planet. Oh, is it is it related to ego? Isn't that like Star ego is Lord's a, ego living? is a Marvel ego is a Marvel property? But yes, like ego the oh, living planet. Yeah, yeah, also yeah. great. Okay, love great. me a, love me a living planet. But it's the same thing basically. Yeah, okay. love love a living planet. I love it. Uh, Nick asks Nick's of Tabletop Squadron asks if you could turn one fantasy character into a fully produced story in a different medium, what would it be, and what medium would you pick? I.e., movie, comic, TV show, epic poem, etc. I think it's through. I know mine. Go for it. So, I know mine, and first of all, I want the whole fucking... My dream is for the show to be an animated series. And what I say is, I want it to be somewhere near that, like, uh, when Dan Harmon plays D&D with celebrities. Mm-hmm. Something like you and I sit down, we tell this story, and as we tell it, it gets animated, retconned, and edited as it's happening. And, like, you see this story come to life, built... That is my dream for this fucking show, personally. However, the thing that I think would make a really good animated series or something is basically everything that we label as in the era of the five jeweled crown. Mm. I always liked that story, that that kind of trope of like, the old way was this, and it sucked. They were trying, but they failed because of X, Y, and Z, and we will never go back there. Let's see how we can learn from history and not do what these people trying to be heroes did because it's basically like power rangers who fuck up you know majorly and everything falls apart but modern fantasy after that is like built on their mistakes and i love i wrote out all of that today in a google doc and was like this rips this rips shit and i really think that that would make a really good animated thorough i fucking want pelter i want a a pelter (laughs) comic so bad (gasps) Pelter comic. 
I want, I want, I want Pelter having to eventually turn on, on Ernest. And I want, I want Graze. I want the Pelter Grazer crossover that we were promised. I want this, like, I want this terrible, terrible comic series to exist. That, all the TMNT, not counting Celebrity Wars, Cyberpunk 2020. Um, I think, like, Grazer. Ernest and um I, I might Pelter. bring in Ugh. I probably wouldn't go all the way into Nelly, but I probably would pull Bazooka Joe. Bazooka Pesci. Joe Pesci. <laughs> Stop the machine. No matter how much I start screaming, don't turn it off. <laughs> I know what I'm doing here, Carly. But but Joe, you'll die. Don't turn it off. <laughs> Honestly, like, uh, honestly, give me Bazooka like, give me, no, bazooka, give me bazooka, Joe. bazooka Joe Pesci, man. I mean, you said that, uh, who was a brain in a jar? Robert De Niro. <laughs> Robert De Niro is <laughs> a brain in a, in a jar. Fucking kills me every time. But, like, yeah, no, definitely that would make an amazing comic book. But I, can I have it like that? What is it? Todd Liefeld? Yeah, like Rob Liefeld? Oh, Can God. it be drawn like a- Rob Liefeld? <laughs> like, like, Bazooka Joe Pesci has, like, 48 abs and, like, six pecs. <laughs> Yeah, that's honestly like that's my answer. Like I've, uh, it's real good. Question comes to us from Merle. Uh, Merle asks, "Will you ever publish a recipe for making corns at home?" And I do. I do remember our answer to this question from the last recording, and I feel like it's remain. I feel like it remains the same, which is that's not for us to do. That is for that oh. is for Lilith to do because they are some sort of some sort of terrifying food wizard that, Factual. frankly, their powers are going to consume all of us. It's completely true and completely fucking devour my checking account because that dice buffet business. But more a- so, if you've ever looked at the Brew Alberton episode art, <laughs> you will see Lilith's horrifying recreation <laughs> of fucking uh, Shield Aid. <laughs> which, wait, good. is that Shield Aid or is that, uh, what's the one? That's Shield Aid. Shield Aid. Uh, because what? a question from that guy in the back is, have we ever drank Shield Aid in real life? Five ounces of cardamom and all. Fuck. Which the is that is someone, no. ha- someone has. Well, I hope that it wasn't drunk. <laughs> However, I'm glad that it was made because look at that episode art and tell it's... me that's not horrifyingly beautiful. <laughs> it's so good. It's so it's... much cardamom. It's the best. It is the absolute. I I still. I'm actually gonna go back. I'm gonna look at. I'm gonna find that Ugh. video right now and watch it. It's so much fucking. It's so gorgeous, but it's so much cardamom hitting that red wine and seltzer. But so- then again, like the thing that's grosser was like we we were burning through uh, greased lightning. The ingredient list of that is so vile that like I challenge <laughs> it's what, all cream of you. Cream and tomato. It's it's fucking uh, jelly beans, caviar, um, whole cream. stewed whole stewed tomatoes. It's so disgusting. I challenge someone to recreate. Um, what's it called? Grease lightning, but do not drink it. I will not go down for that. All my fantasy children does not condone the drinking of any of the potions made on the show. All potions are for entertainment purposes, not consumption. Thank you. I'm just watching. Go. I'm just watching. Lilith. Five ounces of Four cardamom. Five ounces of cardamom. It's so much fucking cardamom. <laughs> it's so it's so beautiful though. Like our show is good. <laughs> we make a good podcast, Aaron. What's our next question? Um. How do you think the tone has changed since last season? And I believe that is, I don't know who that's from. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> I think it's also it from is, that guy in the back. It is. It is. That is also from that guy in the back. Um, um, the tone. I feel like it's got, I, I feel like it always gets more confident. I feel like that's the, that's the easy answer, but I feel True. like 
we are I feel like we've been more willing to just like throw out everything that we we made before. Correct. Yes, retconning, retconning, retconning when we want to. And I I think the other way that I feel that it's changed. And and maybe it's it's kind of the same, but like I think really at the start of this year I, I remember very clearly, it was almost immediately after our last anniversary episode, you just sent me an IM, you were like, what if we just make a bunch of episodes that, like, don't involve, like, the, crown, the crown at all? What if we just yeah. what if we just leave all of the lore that we made behind for, like, an extended period? Mm-hmm. And I was like, let's do it. it. It's something that, like, I really, it's something last year, it started with episode 100. Yep, it was episode 100. And it was 100. this idea that, like... I noticed how much we, it's something you had mentioned years ago to me where you were like, something I don't want from this show is to establish all this canon that we can't branch away from it. Yeah. That we have to say, yeah, but we said in episode six that magic works this way and blah, 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 blah. So I was noticing that until uh, episode like 100, we kept being like, oh, but we did say, and then the, this era and in this era, and this is how things work. And this is how things work. I was like, what if there's like, what if we kind of start from scratch and just say, like, maybe this snapshot that we've been building of these five cities that are built over the ley lines is just one small area of the planet. And there's an entire world out there that doesn't give a fuck about Iron Hill, doesn't give a fuck about Gill because they have their own lives, their own problems, their own fucking epic battles in history. And, like, yeah. that, I think, was this moment where we're like, let's cook up some better shit. Yeah. And I think that's the the big change in tone is a feeling for me of like freedom, like a, of relaxation and like a willingness to just say this exists. We don't have to explain it. We will in the episode. We don't have to explain it by referencing something we already built. Like yeah. Pickles the Pickle, the Age of Heroes, 118 from September 20th, 2019 is one of, to be honest, for me, one of our my episodes that I'm most proud of because we had this really dumb concept about the mascot wars. And it wasn't built on like, well, we said, no, it's like, no, this happened. Mascots were once this. And they were once in this thing called the Age of Heroes and blah, 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 blah. And we just built lore right in one self-contained episode. And then it fit into the world because we made it. We didn't have to cram it in there. We were like, this is what it is. This is real. It's it's yeah. just like you said, confidence, where we're like, I don't, you can say anything, and it, it can really be canon. You yeah. don't have to explain yourself, we can figure that out later. And it's fucking dope. It makes me, like, the episodes that we've had this year, is, this is the best fucking year ever. So, from the last fucking episode, which was July 19th, Jerome Gulgazer is a fucking amazing episode. Uh, Marina Mulgrove is really dope fucking chris crownleaf fucking lester and the duke we made mascots the nightmare space Haradras, um the fucking riptide of shadow we made jasper the long Slurp. haul of the long haul of the defeated fuck like these are so good man uh standy pico is actually a fucking winner like there's been so many this year that i'm like yep stand by that one stand by that one thousand percent this year, I think, is the first time where we, like, a lot of these episodes, I'm like, a lot of them are done. A lot of them are done. A lot oh, of yeah. them are done. Because I think we've gotten, I think we've gotten better at, like, I think we've gotten better at, at reading each other and saying, like, what's the next piece of the puzzle? Yeah. Like, what's the next thing that happens here? Yeah. And I think it's just, like, grown bigger and bigger and bigger. Completely. It's when we, both of us know when to stop and when there's still more to build on. You know, we mm-hmm. know when they pull that thread and there's nothing there. And when you pull a thread and there's still tons to be discovered. Mm-hmm. 
I think that's how I think that's how I would describe the tone is changing. Is I think we've just gotten way better at like sitting down and just being like we've been way better like letting ourselves like freeing ourselves from our which which sounds like the canon is a bad thing but i really think Mm -mm. it's it's the secret that makes the show like really sing but like yeah we've gotten better at going like all right what if this what if this like is its own new thing and we've been doing a really good job of like making things that are new and just saying like this is brand new this is a whole different thing and then finding ways to go oh but i bet it also connects back to this yes and like truth be told i've been adding these audio extras at the end of the episodes for lore nerds who like give a shit there's a lot of things at the end that like try to tie them together like if you listen to the end of the nightmare space episode I try to set up that, like, where the first people who ever found it were, what they were doing, like, what's in there. And, like, at the end of Lester and the Duke, there's not so it's not so much about, like, we're going to beat it over the head and you and I are going to discuss it. If I have an idea or we have an idea that we talk about, it's going to get tacked on. Like, we'll figure yeah. it out. But you and I don't have to break down four years of lore mid-episode anymore. I, I agree. I agree completely. Cool. What uh, Summer Slime wants to know, what has been the hardest part of this year's AMFC? Oh, gosh. Um, oh, making a bunch of brand new stuff. Fucking making episodes. Christmas, Christmas, oh. Christmas. Oh, you know what? Actually, yes. That is a... <laughs> You are correct. The hardest part of this year's AMFC has been making AMFC. <laughs> 1,000%. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, then I just go, that, that's the answer, has been actually sitting down and being like, I feel good enough to, like, give our beautiful listeners who we genuinely care about enjoying our content and, like, the stories we make, sitting down and not making something I'm like, that would suck or, like, would be just a bummer to hear, it's, you know? It's been a long difficult painful year for so so many reasons that and like i think that you can tell by the fact that there were some some weeks where episodes didn't happen yep um which which side note like we have said many times that we don't like apologize for that no the reason being that like life comes first like you know having creative boundaries is important and honestly i would rather not release an episode or release a solo episode, then either force myself or force Aaron to commit to doing a thing when we're not up to it. Yeah. And there just have been weeks where, frankly, like, I just have not been here. There have been weeks where, like, honestly, like, recording day would come, Aaron would message me and I'd be like, I can't, I can't, I can't bring myself to it. Like, I can't find it. I don't have it. And so, like, finding the energy to nav, like, to do this things that i love i should like that i love more than so many things finding that energy in the year 2020 yeah has not always been easy and no because like there's only so many times you can be like you know the show brings light this show is so important to so many people including myself god i just can't do it like you know what i mean like that sometimes you're just not there sometimes it's just not there and it's important to recognize that and that was, I think, the hardest part for me because I I am a sucker for just being like, just push it through, you know, just make it, make the thing, you know, it's it's bigger than you, push through, keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. But like 2020 has shown me that like there is a limit to all of that and like it it's will, okay it to will accept destroy it. you. It yes. will for sure destroy you. And it's okay to accept said limit and like, you know, and, and seeing like how people, like when you're, it's this thing. So there's a phrase in acting where it's like, when you're not working, everyone's working. 
Um, and it's that feeling that when you're like taking a week off, everyone's like proud to announce an amazing creative accomplishment I have. And then, like trying to silence that voice that's like, sit down at your computer, edit, write something. That has probably been the hardest part for me mm-hmm. is silencing that voice of comparison and, you know, keeping up with everybody and shit like that, like that horrible, horrible feeling. That's yeah. been a challenge for me. But by not making the show as much, it's been great. <laughs> oh, I feel like when we sit down, like, honestly, like this year we made, I feel like this year more than any other year, we kind of consciously both, I think whether, whether it was just that we were more comfortable saying it or we consciously committed to it, like we both sat down and said, like, if we're not here, we're not here. It wasn't it wasn't us saying like we'll find a day to reschedule we'll no. do two episodes next week it was if we, if an episode doesn't come out it does not come out no and it, it follows into the second question of summer slime what has been your greatest triumph of this year's AMFC making AMFC it, making AMFC and when we do it's when it's right and that's why I I legit think that's why this year 2020 has had like some of the strongest fucking oh, episodes sure. to date because when we sit down to record. It's not, it's not, and and this is, I'm going to peel back the curtain 100% and say, like, I love this show. I love hanging out with you, Aaron. I love making this thing. In the past, there were absolutely episodes where I sat down and I was like, all right, let's, let's do this thing. And we'll yeah. Get, we'll get an episode out the door. I don't feel like we do that. Like, this year, this year I feel so good because, like, being able to say, like, I'm not here this week. I don't have it. Yeah. Next, then the next week I sit down and I'm like, okay, I am back. I am good. I am ready. Yeah. Let's do something really, really amazing. And like, honestly, I encourage, like, we're just talking about our own experiences, but like, I encourage you to take that time, listener, and be like, that, that feeling of like, gotta grind, gotta grind, gotta grind right now. You don't need that shit. You're, it's, and it, and it's toxic. It is, it will, like I said, it will destroy you because you're, and it's going to make your work suffer because like, you're going to be doing it because you have to and not because you want to. Exactly. And now, on a lighter note, Jeff, Roxa Crocker wants to know, if you were to live in one of the major cities of fantasy, which one would it be? I'm going to take the cheap answer and say, like, I already lived in Iron Hill for, like, 20 years of my life. You know, you're not wrong. <laughs> but what would you live in now? What, which one would you probably pick? Which of the... now, probably now would be Geode. I mean, oh, yeah. there's a lot of Philadelphia in Geode because I love this city more mm-hmm. than anything. It is my favorite place on Earth. And there's so a lot of Philly in Geode. I put a lot of Philly into Geode, and it is, like, it, it would be where I would live. Ah, oh, fuck with that. I would probably pick, oh, I'm picking Moon Crescent. I'm a sucker for like, because I try to build this image a lot and it's hard to describe um, like what Moon Crescent looks like, where it's like a series of islands and like the peninsula is like shaped like a moon. And then behind that peninsula, if you were to like follow it up, is this like mountainous wooded region with like silver leafed plants, silver leafed trees. I would want to live in the mountains of Moon Crescent, like where you look out and you see the ocean, but you don't live anywhere near it. Mm. That's that that like feel of that city and that region that we've kind of been building and building on is what I fucking love. Plus, it's like beach stuff. And I like I happen to like beach stuff. Yeah, Um, that's it. Yeah, I would definitely pick Moon Crescent. All right, I have a real question. Fuck. Or not a real, you know what I mean. Like, they're all real questions. But <laughs> no, I know. Yeah, I have a not real, to. I have a real. Uh, excuse me, no, I have a I real have... question. Are we, are we at a panel? <laughs> <laughs> I have a comment. I have more of a comment than a question. Um, you can sit Show is shit. <laughs> so, my, my, the, I, I have, I guess what I mean is I have a heavier question or like a, 
like a, a production question that comes to us from that guy in the back. Um, that guy in the back asks, how do you think adding guests has changed the dynamic for storytelling? It's ruined it. You ruined it's all, it. It's made it trash. Now they steal our thunder and they, they, they run off and they, they say that they wrote a story that we wrote. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been the, the greatest triumph of our fucking show. Uh, it's honestly like uh, we held off doing it for years. Just out of fear. Because of we were so fear we were afraid that it was going to fuck things up. Yes, and be bad, like, and be bad, and we'd embarrass ourselves in front of, like, people we fucking respect. And, and <laughs> even more so than that, like, I think that, like, it was it was honestly us doubting what makes the show magic. Because, like, what makes the show magic for me is that, like, we have this lore and this history that we're constantly building on. And I know part of the reason that we didn't invite people is we were like, oh, they're not going to know the lore, they're not yes. going to know this. And, like, admittedly, like, two of the three guests that we've had, like, know the lore very, very well. But, like, even even the guests that didn't, the episode still turned out fun because it was the three of us doing this magical thing together. Yes, we, we learned that the magic of the show isn't fucking Tales of Samuel Gordon, Arthur, and all that bullshit. It's, honestly, it's not the friends we made along the way either. But it is kind of just the freedom to say what you want. It's a creative, like, um, Rich Howard put this show in a really interesting way. And he described it as a creative writing gymnastics session. Yeah. And it really is where it is us at a round table spitballing ideas that we build and build and build on until we have this little house of cards. Then we knock it all down and rebuild it next week. Yeah. Um, And that has been the reason why guests have been so fun, because it's like, you know, when you're just sitting around with friends and you have a creative idea when you're like driving in the car and you just talk and build and what if the sword was gold? Oh, what if the hilt had diamonds on it? It is that joy of sitting around spitballing writing ideas and then like you end up making a thing and then you go, all right, see you next time. And you knock the card, the house of cards down. It's so fun. And I'm, I'm honestly so, so grateful for I'm so grateful for all of the guests that we've had. I'm so grateful for Tracy and Riley and Banana and like. All three of them have been so good and so, like, just excellent. And, like, Tracy, I honestly could not have picked a better first guest. Because they just they knew the show. They knew the rhythm. They knew, like, the feel of it. They I, they said it. They gave us one of the best jokes that I – the best AMFC jokes that I – like, one of my favorite moments from the entire podcast. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> when you fired me from the podcast and then insisted that Tracy audition. You know, um, I got to keep it honest with everyone and like know that I wouldn't just give the slot away should Jeff quit the show. I would still try out everyone. I would <laughs> I would sit behind a desk and be like, all right, dazzle me. Show me your creative gymnastics skills. And if you don't have a back handspring like Jeff does, get out. I would do the same thing, but then I'm just going to hand it to my friend. Honestly. <laughs> I'm going to pretend like there's an audition and then it's already, the audition's already happened and I've already given the role away, but I'm going to make a lot of people think that it exists. <laughs> uh, so that's, I honestly, like, that's my answer is I feel like it's been so well, done so well, and it's something that I want to do so much more of, and I'm so happy we did it, and I'm a little upset that we waited as long as we did. Oh, but it wasn't ready yet. The stew it wasn't, wasn't ready, ready we yet. Needed, and we, now... needed, we needed to feel a level of, I think we needed, I think you're right, I think we needed a level of confidence in what yes. we were doing. Yes. I think if we had brought in a guest in year one, it would have been a train wreck. Yes, because we didn't know what the show was. No, we never said like we have a, 
you and I know like the feeling of we need to eject or like we need to keep pushing and like, you know, we've just gotten better at the game of questions of like, oh, that's interesting. Tell me more about that. Or I have an idea. Let's explore it. And like, you know, now we have a third person to be like, banana, what color do you want her suspenders to be? And like, you know, it's it's just more relaxed when before it was high pressure rapid fire the pressure is so much less and i think that like bringing a guest into that environment is so much different than it would have been a year ago two years ago four years ago yeah that I th- i'm happy that we did it when we did and i'm happy with i'm happy that tracy was because honestly duchess crest at a plum tree is one of our best episodes like fucking episode line. is so good it's so good i think that like all three of us are just hitting some notes where we're just like this is fucking baller yup that like it's just out there i have a question Go for it. Asteris asks, do you do something to help with the fears around making something so intimate and public? I mean, ways you psych yourself up more than editing afterward. Hmm. Like, what do you do to, like, get in this zone of, like, creative? This is, like, basically it's creative writing headspace. So, you know, a lot of what I'll do and, like, I think you'll hear it. I think once I say this, you'll hear it on every episode. You'll hear it on every episode of Party of One. I tr- I consciously work to forget that there's a microphone in front of my face. Mm. Like, the little, like, there's a reason that Party of One starts with plugs at the very top, and it's not just because I'm pretty sure people are listening at that point. It's so that I can hear someone talk for two minutes, and I can respond and be like, oh, I love that. Like, this is what I like about your game. This is what I'm excited about. Let's chat about this. Let's talk through this. It is it is a conscious process to get my to dip my toes into where it's no longer I'm no longer jumping into a pool of cold water and trying to swim. I'm dipping my toes in the water and saying, like, we're having a conversation. Usually Aaron and I will will trade salt for 20 minutes before an episode. That's correct. That is absolutely correct. We kind of talk shit for like 20 minutes. (laughs) And part of that and honestly, part of that is. It gets me comfortable. Like, it gets me to shake off that feeling of, like, I have to record. I have to be on. If I can just, you know, settle in with Aaron, like, talk through where we've both been at, like, share whatever, you know, like, talk things through, have some fun, share some laughs. We'll get going when we get going, and I will be relaxed. I won't have that tension. Yeah. The less it feels like you're performing and the more it feels like just something you want to do and you're hanging. Because it's like, it's... Like a podcast, it's our show. We can do whatever the fuck we want. There's nobody like watching us. Yeah. But the more you feel like you like you're just in the zone and you know, it's just for me, it's kind of just getting in this good, good feel of like a mm-hmm. creative zone, which how do I psych myself up though? Is oh, I try to like watch something or connect with something, a, a fiction or a media that really gets me into like my daydream space. And like the like kind of games and YouTube and stuff, like I'll watch like a let's play of like a PS1 era game that got me interested in like fiction. And it gets me in that zone of like, oh, this is why I love telling stories, man. And also like talking to Jeff and like our little intro is to kind of just like, yeah. Get started, get warm. It's it's like a, you know, you can't sprint if you're not warmed up. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you're going to rip something. Or you're going to have a bad episode. Um, So, I mean, something I would say, whatever you need to do to get in the zone so that you can make something so intimate and public, like, it, it's the level of public privacy is like the term in like theater is like public privacy, the ability to be like, you know, 
relaxed and quote like normal and without with an audience watching you is just knowing that like what we love what we're doing and we want to share it with y'all and it's just that confidence that like I know I love doing this and I'm there's no need to apologize while you do it if you love what you're doing and you're not fucking Mm -hmm. hurting anybody you don't got to apologize or be nervous about anything what you're doing is probably pretty dope I agree I agree completely yeah can I give a can I give a kind of controversial answer to a question Fuck. God, Jeff, who is so controversial today? You're so controversial. YouTuber Jeff Stormer, controversial opinion. I'm bringing hot takes. I'm bringing hot takes. Dang, hot takes. I'm ready. So this is similar to a question we've already answered. Oh, shit. Jeff's hot takes. This comes from Merle. Oh. Uh, They, them, also a crab on Discord. That's a good name on Discord. What character do you feel like has the most complete story? There's a moment from a recent episode that gave me a bit of a revelation. Oh shit! And I'm about to say something that, like, I'm about to say something that is going to shake AMFC to its core and shake Aaron to its core. I feel like no, no, no. You have to stop it there, Jeff. That's what clickbait is. <laughs> fair, fair. Find I'm out. About Tune to in next shake. time. Well, next time, it, you know, you can find out. But after you pay through the paywall, yeah. if you give us forty dollars, yeah. we'll continue. <laughs> I feel like, outside of very, very small bit jokes, I don't feel like I need to revisit Wizard. No. Yeah, I feel we like had there that are moment very in Grease Lightning. Bit jokes, but like I don't need like a wizard centric story probably ever again. Honestly, I'm so with you where I'm like I'm just tired of those jokes and I personally just don't want to tell them. That's There's fair. too many. I got too many wizards on my fucking Twitter feed. <laughs> That's totally no, that is so valid and like <laughs> I, well, it happened. It happened in the Grease Lightning episode where I made the joke. I was like, "This is sponsored by Wizard," and then like I thought about it, and I was like, "That's as far as I possibly want to go with that." And I was like, yeah. "I was like, I, I, it made me laugh. the 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 immediate dissociation made me laugh." And then I was like, "I don't want that character to go show up again in this story." So nope. I think we're gonna move on. But so like to me, it it is it is. The equivalent, I'd say that is a complete, it is a, it is a complete story of like a long time running character that I'm like, I think I'm good. I think I've, yeah, think I've, think, I think, I think that you have reached Simpsons supporting level character where you show up in a background shot and I smile and then we're done. Abso-fucking-lutely. That is the most accurate way. We're like, you know, wizards around. We've established so much lore about lit and, wizard. And there might it, be an occasional joke of like this shitty corporate thing absolutely has wizards name on it. But like the character's not going to show up as far no, as I care. No, because honestly, for me, I'm like, if we keep bringing this motherfucker up, eventually they will become relatively sympathetic or no. even appear to be in any capacity. And, and I, I can't do not have want that. that. I don't I can't want that, that one bit. It can't. It can't happen. Absolutely not. So that's my answer to that question. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, I will answer a, another question from uh, Merle real quick. And it is, how many notebooks do you currently have filled with fantasy knowledge? That answer is nine. That is nine fantasy notebooks filled with random facts and ideas that will never make the show. And some that have made the show. And all the audio dramas scribbled in purple ink. Mine, mine. Yeah, how uh, many notebooks do you have? <laughs> Well, Aaron, um, well, <laughs> mine is uh, actually um, three quarters of the same as yours, which is to say three of the four letters that are in the, le- the word nine. Fuck. Uh, that's none. The answer is none. Big old, you got a big old, uh, big old goose egg in there. And you know no, what? You don't, you don't jot notes to uh, the show? 
bring my energy to the recordings, Aaron. Well, please tell me why you don't. Because I think, like, you answered this last time, and, like, I'll, I'll admit it. Like, yes, some of these answers, like, I really want to tell you all the answers to these. So I'm like, I need Jeff to tell you again what the answer is to this, because it's a really good fucking answer. I've come to realize I really like the dynamic of Aaron comes with, like, a notebook full of stuff. And I can just riff off of it whatever's on the top of my head. I like that dynamic. And I enjoy the feeling of, I enjoy the feeling of like taking those notes of, and I think honestly, it's part of what gives us a really good grounding is that we have these notes and it's like, let's build on this. Yes. And then we both go, okay, but then what if, and then like, I can throw in something and it make Aaron go, okay, cool. That, that nullifies like all of this stuff, Mm -hmm. but then let's leave it out because like, this is what matters. I feel like that dynamic is good. Yes, completely. It For me, it's been adding a level of like, not Aaron brings a loaded, you know, fucking prompt and has all these ideas. It's, I thought of this on in Prospect Park sitting by a lake. And it's like, if you think of every character like a stew, you can't just break out the fucking pot. It's like, it. we have a we have some water in there. And then uh-huh. we start adding ingredients. But like, I come with the water of like, so I had this idea about like, uh, Elysia Wanderweb. Is an episode where I was like, I have an idea about birds and fantasy. Do you think this is interesting? Does this apply to this prompt? Yeah. If you're like, I like bits and pieces of that, but not all of it. I'm like, good. And it's like, it's not that it's, you know, we're, we're bringing, you know, ideas and it's not an improv show anymore. But it's like, it's more of a, we really, I really like leaning into the fact that like, we could really build a fucking world with mm-hmm. this show if... Jeff doesn't write shit down and comes from, I'm just pulling from Jeff's extensive creative writing background and fucking copyright and all this writing stuff. I don't have that background. Mine is literally all just acting thoughts and fan- like love of fantasy. I have to write these things down or else I won't think of them. And like, I'm just pulling from Jeff's expertise and it's a really good fucking formula. It works. It works. Like, it works. It, yeah. I, it's- it was something that I used to write more, and like I feel like, I feel like there's some great stuff that came from from both of us like bringing our ideas. But I also feel like there, like we kind of settled into a rhythm of like it. Just it, I realized that like oftentimes I would write a thing and then like get to the room or get to the mic and go like, oh, I don't like this as much as like, oh, I I came up with this thing, but like, I don't want, like, this is, this is meaningless. Like, this is like, we found a better thing. So eventually I just was like, I realized like the dynamic of you have all of this knowledge of like what we said a hundred episodes ago. (laughs) And I I can come in and go like, oh, but what if it's this instead? Yeah, completely. It works. It works. It, It is. Having one bookkeeper and one person who does not know or remember that perfectly or like that accurately is a winning combination because it's mm-hmm. it gets the fun stupid combination that like say an actual play podcast has where it's like the character i hate the archetype that's like i refuse to learn this game and take it seriously and the dm is the you know the the person who knows everything but there's the silly one it has everything that's fun of that equation but you genuinely care in your heart of hearts but you don't want to commit the plot or like this lore to memory because it would it, it fucks with the equation. It fucks with the joy. Y'all, y'all are about to. I'm, we're about to have on microphone the. This is gonna be. This is this is officially the last ever episode because of what's about what the dunk that I'm about to make. Yes, Aaron. I too hate the. I too hate the role playing game player that just refuses, like refuses to learn the game that we're playing. Yeah? I can tell you. I can tell you, Aaron, how much I hate that player that like <laughs> you like sit down with them and yeah. you play game after game with them anything. and they just don't retain it. No. 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I've really... Now that I'm on an actual play, uh, Skyjack's Courier's Call, I just can't fucking stand that archetype of character that, like, refuses to commit to being in character all the time and just, like, tries to, like, twist the lore to how they want. It's just something that just doesn't <laughs> appeal to me. It doesn't fucking work. And now we... And now we... And now we... And now we go our separate ways, and in a year's time, we'll meet on a... We'll meet on a rooftop. Yep. We'll set up our equipment and start recording a podcast until they tell us to leave. Yep. Perfect. Thanks. See, thank thanks, you. everybody. Thank All you right. for inviting us, and I hope we pass the audition. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. No, no, no. no. It's great to see you, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know him. He's great. He's great. You should cast me over him. No, no, no. <laughs> Just kidding. You know what I mean. Oh, did I slip? Did you like that? Uh, Oh, sorry. Damn, what were we talking about? Damn, I was damn, trying to book. Him. I was trying to get this motherfucking tabletop gig. These nerds don't know who I am. And I go, oh, we're still, re- we're still recording? Oh, we're recording. Oh. Fuck. Okay. Oh. Um, so we have a really important question coming up. <laughs> do we want to do like two or three more? Yes. And then we'll roll on tables. Oh, sorry. I cool. just felt the listener kick me in the crotch. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Sorry. That'll, that'll happen. <laughs> it does. Um, I'm just going to see. What have we not I feel like we answered what the hardest part has been. Uh-huh. Oh, I have one, a quick one from Michael D. Um, Jeff, in short, uh, how did this podcast change the way you play or run role-playing games? Oh, I've I've learned to I've learned to do during a game session what I do every what we've done for a hundred and forty 148 episodes of AMFC, which is uh just leave the book behind. Like Yep. If if there's a thing, if you're more interested in fleshing out a concept, like, stop and explore that concept. Like, yes, if, write the shit yourself, basically. If you, if you, if at, if at, if during play, one of, one, uh, a player, you can hear it on Party of One, or you can hear it in my home games, like, if a player says, like, oh, I like, I, I'm wondering about this, I will stop whatever I am doing to go, let's talk about this concept. Like, let's yeah. talk about this, because I, I feel like it's really cool and interesting. And, like, it's made me better at, like, putting on the gas to, like, flesh out a concept. I dig that. I dig that a lot. For me, as I am now part of an esteemed one-shot podcast network production, Skyjack's Carrier's Call, I feel that it's taught—no, but really, it's taught me, now that I actually have to play a game, um, to kind of, like, it's fun to make this character, right? And, like, you know, we talk about building characters and, like, how they fit into the world— I think it's what it's taught me to pay attention to is to how much you can build the world through playing. Mm-hmm. How like these little explanations happen, like the 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 equation we have kind of is like if this is true, then this is also. Yeah. And that can also apply to like actions you take in game, which mm-hmm. I think is a lot of fun. And the little things like to set up when you're setting up moments and like when there's combat or something you're like what is the terrain like our game of we ask a fucking thousand questions per episode but it's like what's the terrain like you know what's the weather and anything that you can do because our game is like you'd say anything that can help build an image anything mid in play that you can do to further establish this picture that you're painting especially in an actual play is incredibly helpful like any thread that you can pull on like well, you said that it was raining, so I want to talk about how I think I have an advantage in, you know, uh, giving this person a body slam because their footing isn't great. Mm-hmm. Like, any, yeah, like those little threads to tug on, I think that's what this show has taught me to tug upon in my own gaming experience. I think that the thing it has taught, the other thing it's taught me is the, the, the experience of, I had a thing and I think I lost it. Hold on. It's okay. 
happens to me all the time. I, I feel like it's really kind of taught me to a lot like what you're saying, like pull on threads and sort of like play around in a space. I, I just I feel like it's really shaped the way that like I build off of what people are saying more yeah. so than like like I will. You know, uh, oh, I had I now I've I've remembered it. I stalled until I remembered. That's a but podcasting trick. That's who is this guy? Uh, the, the thing that I've learned from talking, from doing the show with you, the way that we tell these stories, and it's sort of by necessity of the formula that is translated into the games that I play. I found that like I love revealing twists. Oh, that is true. You, <laughs> I have to say, you do. <laughs> I love revealing it outright. I love telling you a twist up front. And then, like, having us all work out, like, what that looks like. Yes. And that comes from this show. That comes from us going, oh, what if they're evil? Or, like, what if this is – it's it's if this, then what? It's that feeling of, like, oh, what if this is actually true? Yep, yep, Oh, yep. that's really interesting because that means that that's happened because of that. I love, like, just being like, oh, what if this is the – oh, this is probably the twist. What does that mean for the rest of the story? Yes. It's you know? that, like, building the stack of cards can happen in-game. Mm-hmm. you know as, as together as a it can it, it shows you that like even in when you're playing a game everything can be collaborative world building and storytelling just with the actions you that's what you're doing when you play mm-hmm. and it's okay to kind of lean into that for especially sure. when there's twists yeah now jeff cheerio buffet real quick asks what would your mascot outfit be honestly i think f- i forget what answer i gave last time i think it had something to do with craft beer but i it think did. i know my actual answer what is it um and it's a cheat because it is an actual mascot. Oh, fuck. That's not fair. I know. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I know. <laughs> See whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> <laughs> but I really feel like Shorty the Hoagie. That's a good one. Google Shorty the Hoagie right now, y'all. Please. <laughs> I for feel me. like Shorty the Hoagie. Just if Shorty the Hoagie was holding a, a, a bottle of beer and a microphone. Yep. Like that would be mine. Good. That's a good one, actually. <laughs> Um, mine is everyone go to uh, takaboost.com, T-A-K-A boost.com, browse that horrific uh, late 90s, early 2000s website, and find Send a Send him an email, tell him to sponsor all my fantasy children. For the love of God, tell him to sponsor all my fantasy children. Um, I want you to look up what a jug of boost looks like. It would be me as a jug of boost with my head coming out the center, but with muscle arms coming, like foam Gaston arms coming out the sides. I have a sword, but you don't know why. Am I wearing? No, it's just a jug of boost, but I have like a really ornate, uh, like, um, Zweihander sword. You don't know why, and that's it. <laughs> I thought you were going to say your mascot was boost founder Benjamin R. Founts. Oh, well, that's the name of the jug is Benjamin R. Founts, you said? <laughs> yes. So, Ben, yeah, the, it's Benny, Benny Boost. Ben, <laughs> Benny Boost is the name of my mascot. It's a big jug of Coca Cola syrup with big muscle arms and a giant ornate Zweihander. <laughs> Are you on talkboost.com right now? <laughs> I, I, I'm reading this, the Boost story. <laughs> Fuck. It's, it's weird how it was medicine because it is medicine. It's good and good for you. If you're not on talkboost.com right now sending that email, I'm just going to wait for you to do it. We can wait. All right, I feel like they've sent the email by this point. <laughs> I feel like I heard those keys. I could feel the keys clacking. All right, let's go for our last question. Okay. Um, oh, I have two. Can we, we have two? Yeah. Rocks a Crocker, for a second to last question, asks, if you could send a verbal hug to yourself when you started this podcast, what would it be? Just have fun. Yo. Don't take <laughs> it. Like, you, like this is, this is going to, like, don't 
worry about making this a thing because it's going to be so much more special when you don't worry as much about that. Yes. Like, have, like, don't worry about structure. Don't worry about, like, feeling like you need to have a formula. Don't worry about that. All of that stuff will come. Just hang out with your best friend for an hour a week. Yeah. You know, like, you figured out, yeah. like, the, th- the you making a character together is fun. So just hang out with your friend for an hour a week and do that, and you're going to have the you're gonna have the time of your life. I could not agree more. I would definitely tell myself, too, don't stress. Don't try to be the next X, Y, or Z. Don't try to make this a thing, even though you want it to be a thing. Enjoy it. Do not stress about listener numbers. Listen to the actual verbal hugs you give your listeners. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, just enjoy making the show because it is that old audition thing of, like, the audition that you don't care about booking is the one you book. And that's mm-hmm. how I feel about the show. Like, the episodes where I'm going in just like, you know, I don't care what kind of story we tell. We end up telling my favorite ones. And that is what I think I would tell. That's the verbal hug I would give myself. Like, just enjoy it. Relax. And, you know, enjoy the, enjoy the making. Yeah. Now, what's our last question, Jeff? Our last question uh, our finale for the four-year anniversary episode. Four years of all four my years. Fa- Dude, that's crazy. There are, this is, I think, I think Grease Lightning was piece of media uploaded to our feed. 169. Nice. <laughs> nice. Nice. It's the um, sex number. What were the hundred times? A hundred sexes. A hundred sixty-nines. That's what 169 means, right? That's a hundred times? 60- yeah. Uh, our final question comes from friend of the show. Uh, Nocturne's Lullaby. And it is, Aaron, how does it feel to be the best tabletop RPG podcast out there? You know, Jeff, I ask myself that question a lot, actually. Every day, I wake up, and I look in the mirror in the bathroom, and I go, you have, hands down, the greatest RPG podcast that exists currently, and will ever exist. And honestly, Jeff, it feels really fucking good. Our show fucking rips. It's awesome. You know what feels even better, though? What? Having number one and two. Talking Nog is very good. It's so good. It's so good, Aaron. <laughs> People are sleeping on Talking Nog. They're, they are, but I mean, Jeff, in, in Talking Nog's defense, people are sleeping on more of his children as well. <laughs> also true. People sleep the fuck on this show, even though it is no question the greatest tabletop oh, RPG podcast. It's tabletop the best. RPG inspired podcast on the One Shot Podcast Network. People be rested on this shit. It's and the it's best. the biggest mistake because one day, when this is truly the number one nerd podcast, people are going to listen to this episode and be like, fuck, I could have been listening to this for four years. And I'm going to be like, year. yeah, I told you. I told you it was the <sighs> best motherfucking podcast in the world because I'll be I'm 80. Gonna, <laughs> and I'm going to say, I'm going to say, keep your voice down. <laughs> keep your voice down. The saucers, the saucers are overhead. <laughs> true. You're like, <sighs> <sighs> Audio detected. Nerds detected. (laughs) Fuck, they found our nerd hideout. No, but it does feel good to have the greatest goddamn show, because this show is good, good. and I won't apologize for that, saying that we have the 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 best best tabletop-inspired podcast in the world. The one question I'll ask our listener is, have you told a friend about all my fantasy children? (laughs) You should, because it's real good. You should. It's real good, and you know... No, but we, yeah, this show is bomb. Um, and thanks for That's, hanging out with us this week. Yeah, whole thanks time. for hanging out. It's great. Like, if if you're listening to this episode, like, you are the reason the show is made because, like, it is to bring light to a 
to a dark world. But truly, and like you are great for listening to us and hanging out with us for four fucking years. Even if you're new to the show, like even if this is like the first episode you heard or you just started diving in, you have no idea what the fuck it's we're talking about. It's a weird first episode. It's a weird first episode. But if it's true, like, you know, I really hope you continue to dive into our backlog and hang out with us because we talk to the listener a lot in this show. So get ready. But yeah, no, it's been a really fun four years and... Here's to fucking four more and, you know, a couple thousand more listeners hanging mm-hmm. out with us. I agree. Um, is there anything else you want to say on our birthday? Happy birthday, Samuel Gord. Is there anything else you want to so. address? Any hard-hitting so. news and goss? I don't think so. Dang. All right. I think that's a wrap. I think so. All right. Well, <laughs> and I guess and then uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at AMFC oh, underscore shit. podcast. I forgot about all the end of the show oh, that's stuff. that's fine. We'll just run through them real quick. Um, yeah. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash allmyfantasychildren. Email us at allmyfantasychildren at gmail. Uh, go to bit.ly slash AMFC discord. Uh, we are part of the One Shot Podcast Network. Yes. Go to One Shot Podcast Network. Don't, go to OneShotPodcast.com and find out other amazing shows. If you like our brand of cool tabletop-inspired shit, then you have a plethora of stuff to dig through on the network. You can also check out Party of One, which is an actual play about two-player role-playing experiences. You can also check out on the One Shot Network, Skyjack's Courier's Call, which is a family-friendly actual play set in the world of Skyjack's. Yeah, we play Fate Accelerated. A game. It's a game. I said a, a game. game. It's a game. And our verbal hug, we said about eight of them this episode. Aaron, here's to another great year of the podcast. Here's to another great fucking year of the podcast. I had to say fuck, didn't I? Here's to an- I know. Here's to another great year of the podcast. It's been fun, and uh, this I'm cheersing my mug of coffee. This one's for you, listener. We love you. It's technically bad luck to cheers with water, but all I have is a water bottle, so I'm going to cheers with my water. Luck? How's that bad luck? I've heard bad luck. Oh, fuck. I don't believe in that. As I, I'm literally podcasting right now from underneath a ladder, holding a black cat, smashing. I've been smashing mirrors. They're under my shoes right now. I've just been we, stomping and kicking a Aaron, mirror. Uh, we have gotten some some bad iTunes reviews because people have been hearing glass shattering, and it, uh, it's, I, I've been meaning to talk to you about that. Well, I mean, <laughs> if you gave us a bad iTunes review, fuck you. <laughs> All right, fair. Well, on that note, uh, until next time, good, good night. night and good game. <laughs> Junior Wizards, Senior Wizard Aaron here, and I know the episode's super long, so I just wanted to keep it quick. Um, From the bottom of my heart and Jeff's heart, I just want to say thank you for joining us for this many episodes on our weird show, giving it a chance, hanging out with us, tweeting at us, sending us prompts, interacting with us on Discord, chatting with us. The show wouldn't be what it is without you, yes you, the person listening right now. I want you to pat yourself on the back because you were a part of making this wonderful show, and we love you for that. We just wanted to say thank you, and we hope you keep hanging out with us as we continue to grow and develop this little podcast that could. Bye! Thank you.